Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and today, before I introduce my guest, I do want to make note that if you're interested in more information on the Frederick County Democratic Party, you can go to our website, www.frederickdemocrats.org. And also, there is a city election this year in 2017 for the city of Frederick, and those election dates, the primary is going to be held on Tuesday, September 12th, and the polls will be open from 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. The general election is on Tuesday, November 7th, and the polls will also be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And if you're unsure of where your polling place is, you can go to www.cityoffrederick.com slash 150 slash elections, and it will give you the information on where you can go to vote. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, my guest today, uh, Jeanette Bartelt, who is running for Alderwoman in the city of Frederick. Uh, Jeanette, thanks so much for being here today and doing this podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So as I've been following your campaign, one of the top issues if not the single top issue that has come up that you've been a very strong advocate for is in addressing the issue of poverty. Um, so if you would, uh, could you talk a little bit about about that and, and how you're trying to address uh, poverty here in Frederick City and what you would like to do as Alderwoman should you be elected? Well, one thing in my research, um, United Way, has something called Alice. And you can all look that up if you'd like. The information I got about seniors in particular is that 47% of seniors live just above or below the poverty line. That is a huge amount, 47%. Now, what are we gonna do about that? We need to talk more about what the senior issues are. Housing is huge. Uh, what are we gonna do about housing? Well. It's not only housing for the seniors, but it's housing for people who are working two jobs in order to make ends meet. This is what I consider the poverty level. So, housing. I propose that we should put aside some land in the city. I would love it to be um, West Side Regional Park, but any other area would be acceptable for tiny houses for seniors and other people as well. But start with seniors. Uh, when our population of seniors is going to be equal to in two and a half years, and it's probably close to that now, to the school-aged children, we need to look at this. I'm on that level of poverty. Uh, worked hard all my life, got married, didn't put anything into Social Security. I was a stay-at-home mom. And here I find myself in a situation where I don't have enough income and I don't have housing. So... This, of course, is an issue that I'm very interested in. And, you know, your personal story and uh, the struggles that you've faced in your life and now, you know, uh, and, and I think you can see this in our senior population uh, that, yeah, there, there are some hard realities 
that everyone's facing, and not just seniors too, but also younger people. Affordable housing, uh, I, I don't see it as just an issue for people living in poverty. I don't see it as, as just an issue for our senior community. It's also an issue for our younger community as well. But with that, I think that's a good segue into uh, you talking a little bit about yourself, uh, who Jeanette Bartelt is, and, and why uh, why you're in this race, and also if you could answer, you know, why you're a Democrat. Well, I grew up as a, as a young person in Philadelphia. My father was a Lutheran minister. He had a church in North Philly, which was a changing community. So I was exposed at a very young age to um, both wealthy and poor people. So it was part of my life growing up. I moved here to Frederick in, two, in 1980 um, because my husband at the time got a job here. So we moved here. Uh, I've lived in Frederick ever since then and have found that uh, my my affiliation has been mostly with the Democratic Party. Uh, they seem to pay more attention to the issues of the common people, which I consider myself part of. I grew up in poverty. Uh, when I married, my husband worked at Comsat, and we lived in Clover Hill. So I went from that to living now in Hillcrest, which is my neighborhood where I reside at this time, looking at the possibility that I might have to move because uh, I can't afford the rent anymore. So given that, this is where we're at. And I think that's another segue into the, the issue of, uh, of economic growth in Frederick. I mean, one of the good things is, as I've noted in, in previous episodes of this podcast, that people want to be here and that we are a growing uh, city as well as a growing county. Uh, but specifically economic growth. And I think as far as the Democratic Party and our branding of ourselves and our marketing, uh, I think a lot of people would argue we haven't done the best job at explaining uh, how we would promote economic growth. So how would you, as, as Alderwoman, uh, facilitate economic growth here in the city of Frederick? Well, I would love to see businesses come in to Frederick City that pay a living wage. Now, a living wage is around $23 an hour. So in order for that to happen, we need to look at what, what businesses are uh, new and have the potential to expand and grow. So it's not something that's already here, maybe not something that's already here, but for instance, let's uh, talk about wind turbines. We've got wind, uh, the research and the ones that are coming out today are unbelievably small and work really well. I think bringing a company in or even starting our own company here, maybe as a co-op, which I really would love to do, um, that would build them. We train the people to build and then we would train people also to install them. This would be a big thriving, and it would not only affect Frederick City, but then we could go into the county and even into the state and even beyond because this is a big, blossoming, huge industry. So this is one of those issues where, you know, and, and of course this leads into things like climate change and so forth. And, you know, the United States has now, even after joining the Paris Climate Accord uh, with the current administration that 
believes climate change is a hoax created by the Chinese, uh, it doesn't really seem like we're going to get anywhere with our federal government for the time being in terms of addressing climate change. So it really does seem uh, down to the states and the cities and other municipalities to try to address the issues of climate change. Uh, and, and perhaps that's one way we can do it. And, you know, as you're talking about how we can be innovators in Frederick City and say, not only are we tying this to the, the need to address climate change, but bring in good, high paying jobs to Frederick City, I, I think that's absolutely crucial. Um, so we have some other issues in Frederick, uh, one of those being the opioid crisis. You know, I mean, we, we have a severe problem here and it doesn't seem to be getting better. Uh, so how, how could the, the, the mayor and the Board of Aldermen deal with the opioid crisis here in Frederick? Oh, goodness. Of course, drugs have been an issue um, for a very long time, and our government is not uh, helping to change that. The drug war has not worked. Uh, what we have done in the past has not worked. And if what you're doing isn't working, you need to try something else. I would like to see many more rehab centers and walk-in centers open in the city and in the county, and in fact, in, in the state. I like to see this happen all over the United States, not just here. Um, I recently learned that sometimes uh, you go in and uh, for help, if they say, well, we don't have anything available right now, maybe in three, five days a week, we might. By that time, the person who wants the help at that particular moment, um, five days later, they're either out, drugged out, dead, uh, have changed their mind about seeking help. So when a person seeks out help, they should be able to get it immediately. And we need to make that happen. I don't, you know, what, what, what value is our life? Is the opioid crisis now you mentioned about the the drug war and everything is certainly there's a there's an excellent body of research on this now you know one of my favorite books that i've read in the past few years is uh, the the new jim crow mm -hmm. uh and in, in which you know the the drug war is uh attacked as being a way to essentially create criminals uh, and, and to punish people and, and to take away their possibility of getting a job in the future or, or uh, getting housing and so forth. So do you see the opioid issue, uh, the crisis here in Frederick, is it a police matter? Should the police have anything to do with that issue or should it be, I know you talked about uh, rehabilitation centers, should this be a, um, a medicinal, therapeutic issue that maybe our hospitals or how should it be dealt with? Yeah, um, I, I think it's a travesty that we're putting people in jail for drug issues, no matter what they are, opioids, marijuana, whatever the drug of choice that that particular person, jail is not the place for people who are having issues. It's like having high blood pressure. It's like having uh, diabetes. It's the same, uh, we need to treat it the same way medically. Not putting people in jail, uh, it doesn't prove anything. And in fact, most jails don't even have a rehab center in the jail for people who come in there that want help or need help. So 
I'm against the police getting involved other than, yes, let's find you a place where we can help you with your drug issue. Now that, you know, may, and, and of course, if they find a person who's overdosed, the police should be there to help them with Narcan or whatever yeah. the issue, um, because Narcan being the drug that re uh, reverses the right. effects with uh, overdose. Right, right, right. And I, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to people, you know, over the last 40 years who have had problems with drugs. And, uh, you know, oftentimes they're in and out of rehab, but eventually they find another way. So I want to go back a little bit towards the economic growth issue in Frederick. And, and one of the things that uh, I read a lot about in the Frederick News Post, as well as some other media outlets, regards the uh, the hotel and conference center uh, in Frederick, uh, in downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek. And, you know, and, and we could get into things if you want about, you know, historic preservation. Of course, there's the tannery there and the, and the future of that building uh, is, is an area of contention and, and, or at least discussion and debate. Um, but do you see the hotel and conference center as a as a driver and innovator for new jobs in, in Frederick or what, what should happen with that? I, I don't particularly think it's uh, going to bring any more jobs than, you know, the maid service and the kitchen service and, uh, you know, a minimal amount of jobs. I don't think it's going to bring a lot of jobs. Uh, I am for the conference center and hotel as long as it fits with the facade fits with what's already downtown. You know, if we had a modern town like Philly, where there were high rises going up with these fancy windows and whatnot, that would be a different thing, but we don't live in that kind of a city. So having the outside um, blend in with the rest of downtown, that would be my only criteria as far as that uh, conference center and hotel is concerned. The tannery, um, I did some research on and it was different buildings, Has it burnt down, it's been redone. So I don't know how much historical um, uh, you can consider. But, you know, even that, keeping the outside facade, I mean, the outside can look like it does, and then the inside can be very modern. Yeah, I, I've always thought that one of the great charms about Frederick City is our historic appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have a lot of ties to Civil War history, of course, uh, and I think that's a, a reason why people come to visit here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and also talking about our, our properties uh, downtown, uh, Blight of course, is another one of the big issues. And I know I've brought up before the Asiana restaurant, yeah. uh, but there's also the space that was uh, that Cuban place, the, the restaurant there. Uh, and those are downtown ones. There's others throughout the city. But how would you go about addressing the blighted property? And looking at our time, this is going to be our last question. So. Okay, yeah. No, I have a real short answer to that. Eminent domain. Uh, if the owners of these properties have not fix them up so that they can be used you know, as restaurants or uh, shops of any sort and uh, apartments up above, then we should, as the city, should take over that property, pay a fair market value for it, have somebody come in and appraise it and then pay the fair market value, then convert it into, fix it up, convert it into a shop down below and apartments above. And that could even be 
lower income or affordable income apartments for people. And they could even run a shop underneath. I mean, we could do all kinds of stuff. That's what I would think would be the best way to go about it. It's a very common thing that you see downtown where you have the first floor is retail or dining, you know, yeah. restaurant space, and yeah. then you see the upper floors are uh, apartments. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that seems to me like a very reasonable answer because it's essentially what we're already doing yeah, downtown. Yeah, it fit in very well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jeanette Bartelt, thanks so much for uh, being on this podcast today. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do as they're making their decisions uh, for the primary election. Uh, again, that's on Tuesday, September 12th. There's also early voting for the first time ever. If I'm correct, I think this is the first time we've ever yeah. had early voting in the city of Frederick. And so uh, the primary early voting uh, Friday, August 25th, and Saturday, August 26th. Um, uh, on Friday, the polls will be open from 12 to 8, and on Saturday, they'll be open from 12 to 6. So, Don't forget to remind people that they can do absentee balloting. You don't have to be absent. You can mail in a ballot. Uh, you can pick them up or uh, call and have, them have something sent to you. Very important. If you can't make it to the polls, do an absentee. And, and it's also, you don't have to have a reason to be absent. So technically, this is, it's a mail-in ballot. That's right. You know, if we're being, you know, real about it, it's, it's a mail-in ballot. So, and that's a great way uh, uh, to vote if you can't make it out to the polls. All right, well, again, thanks so much. Uh, and I just again, uh, the website is www.frederickdemocrats.org. Music for this podcast was composed and performed by David Fitzwater. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Goodbye.